Excited about spending time with you all today. This is Victor, your guy, AKA Five Wedges. And we are bringing another episode to you all in the TD Green Golf community. Really, really excited about today's guest, founder of Sister Golf based out of Birmingham, Alabama. And her story is one that I think we all can grasp at some level. Um, career professional, banking executive, really no youthful history with the game of golf, but understood at some point through observation and conversation that the that the sport of golf certainly would benefit her personally, but also benefit her professionally. And taking initiative, displaying a level of humility, displaying drive, ultimately became um, involved in the sport, dove into the sport, became proficient in the sport, and lo and behold, the sport became a part of her journey. And so what I am going to do today is introduce the Tee to Green golf community to Shella. Shella is founder of Sister Golf. And Shella, welcome to the Tee to Green Golf Podcast. Victor, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as I said, you have an amazing story, and I'm thankful that uh, a mutual acquaintance introduced us. One of the things that we'll talk about today is the intersection between being a professional and the sport of golf. And certainly, I'm not sure that there's anybody better equipped to talk about that than you yourself. And and, and the story is, it, it's, it's open, it's out there. If you look on your website, then certainly everybody can embrace it. But talk to us about how long have you been playing the sport of golf? Sure. So I started playing back in 2003. And that it, that started as a result of my career, like you said, being in banking. Um, my background is in commercial banking, commercial real estate financing. I've also um, worked in the area of wealth management. So I've been in the finance industry for a number of years. But my golf story began as a result of me being a business banker a bunch of years ago, um, working for Union Planners Bank, um, which is now Regents Bank, and having, you know, goals as a business banker. So if anybody's mm -hmm. familiar with banking, you know, what a business banker really is as a salesperson, and your job is to go out and get new loan production, get new clients, new business clients to join the bank. And my goals were to the tune of half a million dollars a month, every month. And in addition to that, um, an additional 200000 in deposits every month. So when you walk into that space, they do their best to equip you with all the tools mm -hmm. that you need in order to meet those goals. You know, you mm -hmm. go through sales training. They um, make you get yourself familiarized with all of the bank's products and service and offerings. Mm -hmm. So when you meet a potential client, you can do the job of selling um, the bank services to them. And me in my enthusiasm, optimism, and naivety, thought <laughs> that a winning smile and personality and knowledge in hand would be enough to do just that, to, you know, meet that goal, you know, with ease every month with no problem. And quickly found out that it was going to take a lot more than that for me to hit those numbers. And as I witnessed 
my colleagues, who, by the way, mm-hmm. were all male, um, handily making it happen and exceeding it every month and putting in half the time that I was putting in, mm-hmm. um, I realized that there was a discrepancy and felt like there was something that I was missing. And I didn't quite know what that was. But fortunately for me, I did have one of my male co-workers who kind of pulled me aside and introduced an idea to me that I had not prior to him mentioning it to me ever considered, which yep. was, um, why don't you consider playing golf? Well, right. I had noticed that the guys would leave every Friday at three and go play. And I thought that, you know, they were able to do that and they just had that privilege to do that. And that was something that they did. And that was not something that we did necessarily. Right. Or that I see that in the environment that I grew up in or in the friends that I had. So it was a place that was foreign to me. It was something that I had never done, like you mentioned, in high school or in college. So it just wasn't a place that I even felt that I belonged. So for him to introduce that or even, you know, put that idea into my head, it was something that I hadn't considered. But I was open enough to the idea because I knew that I wanted to excel and I wanted to do well and succeed in my current position. And if it was something that was going to help me to do that, I was open to giving it a try. So when he mentioned it, I was um, a little bit hesitant. I didn't um, jump on the wagon immediately, but I said, you know, well, it can't hurt. And if it's something that can possibly help, why not, you know, try it? So with that in mind, I went ahead and signed up for lessons. And what ended up happening was something that I did not expect was that once I started taking lessons, I found that I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> so, it. <laughs> so, and I think that's the story. Listen, I share that story with you as well. And we're in a time right now, and I've had this conversation with people over probably the last few weeks. You know, my podcast was certainly born out of the belief that during the pandemic, it was people of color and women that actually kept the sport of golf uplifted. And in fact, about four or six weeks ago, I was listening to the commissioner of the USGA during a press conference prior to a tournament, and he actually reiterated that. Now, he made that point in reference to how and why they're developing or investing in communities of color. But I think that point that we share is so important um, as, as, as golfers who listen to the podcast, but also that T degree in golf community that has a larger network that may not be playing the golf Talk to us about how you felt in that moment. And for those that haven't leaned into the sport yet, what was it that said, I'm just going to lean in and I'm going to give it an all? Because it is clearly a sport for everyone and for all of us to play. And there are tangible benefits for those of us that are in business. Absolutely. So it is something that you don't just naturally lean into, especially because you don't see a whole lot of people that look like you doing it. So you always, at least for me, I just felt like that was not something for me. That was something that older men, particularly Caucasian men did. It was not something that I had a brother or uncle or cousin or anyone 
um, that was actively participating in. And it was right. not something that I had ever done. So for me, I didn't even feel like it was something I'd ever be interested in. So my entry into the sport was strictly from a point where I felt was of need. It was like, okay, mm. it's almost like, you know, mm. your vegetables because your vegetables are good for you. <laughs> right. So not necessarily that. because I like it. So right. I, that was the entry point for me. It was like, I'm doing this because I, I don't know what else to do. They're telling me that this works. Somehow, magically, it's going to translate into me being able to attract more clients. Well, what do I have to lose? Right, right, so right. That was what got me to the range and got me to my first golf instructor. But once he actually said, Shella, this is how you hold a club. This is how you swing the club. Mm. You know? And when I saw that it was something that was doable mm-hmm. and I can actually do it, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I actually enjoyed it. So it was mm-hmm. the feeling of taking that swing when I finally was able to do it correctly, taking that swing making contact with the ball and seeing mm-hmm. the result is like mm-hmm. once that happens for you and until it happens for someone, you can't even really explain it. They have to feel it in their soul and in their bones. You have to feel what that connection with well-struck golf That is exactly right. When you hit the sweet spot and you yep. hit it right, it's like the instructor doesn't even need to tell you that you did it right because you feel it. Right. It's like right. it resonates throughout your whole body. And once right. you put that feeling within you, it's like, oh, this is what the hype is all about. And you Absolutely. Use that feeling again and again every time. And you're so happy when you achieve it. But uh, but the sport of golf is so difficult that it is not something that's easily um replicable. And right. you know, so you can hit, you know, a hundred golf balls and maybe 30 or 40 of them on that sweet spot with that result. Absolutely. It is a lifetime of, you know, practicing and learning. But I say that not to discourage the people that have never played before. Oh my God, I don't have a lifetime to learn, but you enjoy it every step of the way you learn to fall in love with the swing and not necessarily always the end result. So sometimes I'm playing a round of golf and I hit a great shot, but it might not land where I wanted it to land. Mm-hmm. But it was still mm-hmm. a great shot nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And I'm, ha- I'm still happy for that. So it was like, yeah, okay, th- yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, 10 yards short of the green, but dang, I hit that good. I really, hit, you know, it was a great, it was beautiful. It looked good in every other aspect of the shot. So it's something that, comes with learning how to play and starting to play on a regular basis. And I so think that's how it happened for me. So I actually ended up falling in love with the sport and really enjoying it. And that was something that I did not expect. And that came as a total surprise for me. So wonderful, wonderful transition. And the journey continues. And since 2003, a lot has happened. And again, we'll get into that. But Born out of that moment in 2003, a commitment to getting better ultimately was born Sister Golf. What was the what was the inspiration for creating Sister Golf? So the inspiration 
for creating Sister Golf came as a result of me actually participating in my very first charity golf scramble that the bank that I was working at had hosted. So after I took a few lessons and shared with my coworkers that I had indeed taken their advice and embarked upon my golf journey and wanted to leverage those skills to be able to network and gain access and proximity and use it the way that they had been using it. Mm. They encouraged me to um, plan the next charity scramble that the bank sponsored. Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, the bank sponsors a golf tournament. As we all know, most banks are going to sponsor anywhere from three to 12 or more tournaments per year, just depending on um, the size of the institution that you're with. Right. Um, And they were getting ready to sponsor a tournament. And I was told, Shella, why don't you um, play in the golf tournament? And I was hesitant. I was apprehensive. I didn't think I was ready. I didn't think I had taken enough lessons. I didn't think that my proficiency level was there. Like, guys, I've taken two lessons. I'm surely I'm not ready. And they're like, no, no, you're ready. Let's go. Mm -hmm. So I did all the things and prepared and got the clothes, got bought a set of clubs, you know, made sure I put my business cards in my bag and did all the things to prep for this golf tournament that I was going to be playing in. I was nervous, of course. I show up and it's myself and 100 guys. I am the (laughs) only female playing. And of course, the guys are interested to know, like, you know, what is she doing? Is she here to do registration? Is she here to drive the beer card? What are you doing here? So because I stood out like a sore thumb, Mm -hmm. I got everybody walking up to me. Hey, how are you doing? Who are you? And I'm introducing myself. Hey, I'm Shella. I'm a business banker. Um, This is who I'm with. Here's my business card. And the question was, are you playing or are you, you know, doing a registration. I'm like, no, I'm playing. Right. I'm like, oh. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I proceeded to play in that tournament. And I can tell you, I remember it vividly because it definitely was one of my not better but worst performances on the golf course because yeah, I was sure. so new to the game. Right. And as a result of playing in that tournament, I was able to make so many connections, meet so many people. I got one of my biggest referral sources who turned out to be a CPA. He ended up doing a line of credit with me and he Mm. ended up referring me a ton of business. And he Mm. called me up, hey, Shella, you know, I have a client that needs to refinance their warehouse. You know, would you like me to have the package sent over to you? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'll be in your office in two minutes. (laughs) I'll come pick it up. So that led to me going from struggling to meet my goals to becoming a member of the Million Dollar Club where I was putting over a million dollars in deals every month. Yes. So once I saw the connection and how instrumental and how impactful um, being able to be out there and forge relationships where you get that no like and trustability factor that is not always easy to to get from a chamber meeting or a lunch meeting or a meeting for coffee. Those four and a half uninterrupted hours playing and really getting to know people and meeting people and sort of um, in a 
environment that they're not used to seeing you in and being able to hold your own and keep up and no pace of play and no terminology. Right. Really it's transformative for you and your career in a way that's intangible and that you can't always explain to people until they actually experience it. So after I had that experience and saw the direct impact it had on my ability to connect and close deals and um, affect my bottom line, it made me realize that men have been doing this forever since the sport existed. And right. I think women are taking advantage of this. So I right. need to find a way to bring that messaging to women and, and sort of remove the barriers that keep women away from the sport. And so that's where the impetus and the idea for Sister Golf came about. I mean, at the inception, I didn't know what that was going to look like and how yep. I bring that messaging to them. But I knew that it was something that I need to do to get more women involved and taking advantage of the opportunities that being able to play and participate um, affords you from a career standpoint and from a business standpoint. Well, let's stay with that. And the sister golf is very intentional. It's very purpose driven. And for those of you that will go to uh, sister golf's website, you'll see that it talks about impacting the careers in business for women. And so I want to dive even deeper into that, because as I said, it's very intentional. Talk to us about why that is so focused and why was it so important to intentionally highlight women as part of the mission statement and purpose? Because I, th I, I think that's tremendous. And I had that conversation with you when we talked over the phone, but I want the community to understand the value of that. Well, Specifically women, because I feel like men inherently kind of somehow along the way, as they're moving up the ladder or matriculating during mm. their career, someone has told them that this is something that you need to do. You know, there's an older cousin, uncle, grandfather, or father that gives them a set of golf clubs. And I've often heard it said that fathers tell their sons, your degree gets you the job, but golf gets you the promotion. I mm. have never heard of that before. Mm. So that's not something or that's not common knowledge that's shared with women. Correct. So it's not something that you're invited to. And it's something that you think that only, you know, that's something that, that the guys do. And even when you're um, extended an invitation because, you know, they don't want to be disrespectful or they want to be cordial and you happen to be within earshot as they're planning a golf outing and they invite you. Women naturally, nine out of 10 will self-exclude and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And a lot of times companies use it as a reward for, you know, sales goals met or a job well done or an awesome quarter where you um, overshot or exceeded your ex expectations as far as goals are considered. And they reward the team with a golf outing and because most women don't play, they'll opt out and say, oh, can we have a spa package instead? And what ends up happening is women end up missing out on the conversations that ha happen, on the deeper um, relationships that are established that lead to, you know, opportunities for promotion or opportunities to work on um, a special project that leads to higher visibility to turn into you being able to, get, you know, get a raise or, or 
just overall, if you're a business owner, close a business deal. Right, right. So I felt like it was something that um, women particularly aren't exposed to. So we really needed that exposure. And like I said, even in my own personal experience where I showed up and I was the only woman there, women needed to have more of a presence, you know, on the golf course and so that you're seen and you have and you have a chance to make those connections. Yeah, and 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 that that purpose, that focus, that intentionality in many ways lines up with what we talk about today in the corporate setting around diversity and inclusion, right? It's a matter of exposure and exposure ultimately gives a group of people who have been underrepresented historically an opportunity to lean into whatever that project is or that unique assignment or opportunity. And lo and behold, it leads to something far greater. And they're considered ideally in in greater percentages than they would have been in the past. And so Sister Golf is doing the same thing. Talk to us about how long Sister Golf has been in existence and how are you helping that constituency right now? Uh, and I know there's a unique fact about Sister Golf that that um, has come about from our conversations, but talk to us about when Sister Golf was actually born and and how it's impacting and affecting women, maybe not just in Birmingham, but certainly at a larger geography. Sure. So we started um, officially, we incorporated in 2013 in Birmingham, Alabama. And what we do mostly is B2B. So we do half-day workshops for mostly women who are in client-facing roles. So if you are a portfolio manager, if you are in business development, if you are in sales, if you are in any shape or form dealing with um, bringing business to the company that you work for, or if you're a business owner, if you are in any sort of male-dominated industry, if you're in construction, if you're in tech, if you're in finance, um, all of those industries are pretty heavily male-dominated. And a lot of the networking that goes on does take place on the golf course. I mm-hmm. recently had a conversation with a, um, a gentleman in Birmingham. He is a commercial insurance broker. He said when he interviewed for the position, the second conversation, the second question that the interviewer asked him was, do you play golf? So that immediately told him that a large part of his workday or his business was going to be garnered from taking people out or potential clients out Mm. to play golf. So um, what we do in our workshops is we teach women how you can leverage the sport for greater visibility, for greater proximity, access, and being able to network to leverage it for business and career success. So one is the networking aspect. Two, we actually teach you about the sport because a lot of women will have come and said, oh, my husband bought me a set of lessons. Oh, I, you know, I took a four-pack mm-hmm. of lessons or a 10-pack of lessons. And so they may be able to you know, hit a ball consistently or have a little bit of knowledge of golf swing technique, but they've never actually played the sport because the missing piece where we fill in the gap is we teach you all of the other things that you need in order for you to accept an invitation. So for you to know, if you show up to the court and they say, okay, today is 90 degree cart path. What does that mean? Or today the flag is in pen position number two. What does that mean? 
or, you know, no, you cannot tee up in the middle of the fairway. Your tee only goes on the tee box. So no one teaches you those mm-hmm. parts of the sport. You don't get the Correct. etiquette. You don't get the rules. You don't get the ed- education. You don't know how to set up a tee time. You don't know that you have to stop at the starter and show your receipt. You know, so all of those things that are absent from just going to a golf course and signing up with a pro to learn how to hit a ball, yeah, you might be able to, that skill translates easily if you are out for a fun night at Top Golf. Yeah. But if you actually go to play in a legitimate um, round of golf at a golf course, whether you're playing nine or 18, whether it's at a scramble or whether you got invited by a potential client or, or by a colleague, those are things you need to know. And most women do not feel comfortable or they feel like they're going to embarrass themselves because they don't know those things. So we make sure to cover all of those things from terminology, from etiquette, from equipment, so that you feel fully equipped and confident to accept the invitation, whether it's in a um, tournament or whether it's just one-on-one. So that is ex- that's mm-hmm. outstanding. I mean, that, that as, as you well know, there are men that are not as well-versed playing golf. I see you smiling because we both smile. Yes. Are not as well versed as those that are coming through Sister Golf's program. So please continue to that. And, and, and you know, the, the interesting fact that I alluded to earlier is in our conversation, what you shared with me is that through the way that you structured and executed on the program, you're actually seeing men that are expressing an interest in sister golf right now. Absolutely. How did how did that dynamic come about? And talk to us about how it's going today. Um, absolutely. So I, a lot of times when I'm talking to guys and telling them about sister golf to share with the women in their life that could possibly benefit from it, uh, what I often hear is I could benefit from that because I didn't know that. So I actually worked with a guy um, who was putting on a golf tournament for his company. And he asked me to support by being a sponsor. So I was a whole sponsor and I also played in the tournament. And when I showed up to the tournament to play, um, my teammates, it was all women. I mean, I tried to make sure that the women that go through the sister golf program Whenever there is an opportunity where I'm playing in a scramble, I invite them so they get that experience and they start right. to get comfortable. So right. we show up, we have on our visor, my sun visor, and on my visor, I have a clip on my visor and it's a ball marker. Mm-hmm. And so um, my playing partner has one as well. Now, this is the guy that put on the tournament and he walks up to me and he says, Oh, that's really cute. You know, you guys have decorated your hats. What is this cute little clip you have on your hat? Now, he put on a tournament and did not know that that was a ball marker. Had no idea that it was a ball marker. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. A lot of times I have had women that come through the program where they have told me, well, I was hesitant to join because I play with my husband all the time. And he told me that I didn't need your class because I know everything there is to know because I played with him all the time. Well, they complete the course and end up knowing more than their husbands know because they go back and tell them stuff that they've learned in the class. And the guys are like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Right. Right. So then they're like, oh, my, you know, well, maybe I can stand to take her class to learn uh, some more. So 
I want to make sure that women are fully equipped because I think the differentiator between men and women is women, we have the embarrassment gene. The last thing we want to do is go mm. out there and embarrass ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, guys will, you know, have a drink or two and get up that liquid courage. And if they embarrass themselves, they laugh it off and, you know, they hack it up and they still continue the round and walk away with the relationships. But we um, have the embarrassment gene. And I think part of it is because particularly in the corporate America environment, a lot of times we don't get the same pass that men often get. So we kind of put a little bit of extra pressure on ourselves feeling mm-hmm. like we have to show up competent and knowing what it mm-hmm. is that we're doing because we already feel like we're out of place and we don't want to show up and um, confirm that we're out yeah. of place by someone yeah. saying, yeah, see, knew she yeah. shouldn't have been out here. She, she doesn't know what she's doing. So we don't want to give people the opportunity to say that. And so that's why I'm really particular about making sure that you don't just know the basics, that you know all the things and more so that you're completely confident and competent when you step onto the course. Yeah, great answer. And listen, for those of us in the tee degree and golf community, <clears throat> particularly the males, you all know someone. It could be the group that plays in front of you on a Saturday. Uh, it could be your next door neighbor. It could be somebody that you just happen to be familiar with week in and week out at your local course or your club. That person is holding you up. That person is the difference between a four hour and 15 minute round and a five hour and 30 minute round. So here's what we'd like to do. I'm asking you to tap that person on the shoulder. At the end of this episode, we will ask Shella to help us connect with her. When you get the website, make sure you write her website on a nice piece of paper or business card and pass it on to that person because an hour and 15 minutes is valuable to you on any day. Absolutely. So I I know that I'm probably going to do it at some point and I'm just encouraging the rest of the community. So I don't want to lose sight of the impact that women are having in the sport today. And again, as we started, I alluded to uh, the, the, the chair of the USGA recognizing women's impact and holding golf up during the sport. As of September 2022, we knew that the data tells us that 28% of golfers are women right now. So there's still a ceiling for women in this sport. What would be your recommendation, your advice, your wisdom to the community of women and and particularly women of color to lean into this sport, to become a part of it, uh, to leverage it personally and professionally, but more than anything, just to get in. Sure. So the point of entry for me was from a business standpoint. And while golf has absolute benefits all around, I, I would say personal, professional, it's something that you can do with your mom. It's one of those sports that you can play until you're 90 years old. Right. And it doesn't, and it's never too late to start. Because right. I started, so a lot of people feel like, oh, it's too late for me. I didn't start, you know, in elementary school or in high school even, or even in college. I started as a full-grown adult. So it's something mm-hmm. that you can definitely do later in life. I've met people mm-hmm. who started after they retired. 
that were in their 60s and 70s when they started. So definitely from a personal um, standpoint, there's just so many benefits from the exercise benefits from just being outside in nature. Right. Um, but from a female standpoint, what has been really common is that a lot of women get into the sport, but then they leave the sport. And if you're in your business years, that's why I'm really business focused. It's more than something that's just for leisure. Mm-hmm. So you have more of a purpose attached to it. And that's, mm-hmm. and because of that purpose, you're more likely to stick with it because you're doing it for a business reason. And you know that even though there's enjoyment to be had, but there's also a greater gain attached to it. And then after that, um, from a pastime, from a leisure, from something that you can do with your kids, to your spouse, to your friends. And again, like I said, just getting your exercise. And it has so many benefits that it's something that you can do until you, you, you reach later on in life. It's unlike any other sport. And there are so many benefits that you can gain from it that I encourage women to don't feel like it's beyond your reach. A lot of people think, oh, I'm not coordinated. I was never athletically inclined. I could never do that. You absolutely can do it. I'm Take it from me. First of all, I started late because I was already a full-blown adult in my career. Secondly, I was not very athletically inclined when I was mm-hmm. in high school. People look at me because I'm tall, because I'm slim. They assume, oh, obviously you ran track or you played basketball in high school. I did not. What I tell people is you don't have to be athletically inclined to play because I was one of those people who was a little bit of a nerd in school and I was not athletically inclined. Mm -hmm. I was in the band. I played flute and clarinet. Mm -hmm. So I (laughs) I was in the marching band in high school. So for me to pick it up as an adult, And of course, there's a learning curve with everything. But now I'm fully competent and confident. And I'll play, I can play with anyone. I don't care if you're a scratch golfer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know how to hold my own and I can play with anyone. So I tell people it's not outside of your reach. It's absolutely something you can do and definitely something that you can enjoy. So, um, like I said, for me, Attacking it from a business standpoint makes it more purpose-driven. And when you have a purpose, you're more likely to stick with it than just something that you decide to do for fun. Because if it's just something that you're doing for fun, it's something that you could pick up and put down easily. So I like to attack it, like you said, from a point of intentionality. And once you start doing it, I think it's, it's something that you eventually end up falling in love with. And it's something that you can have until your twilight years. Yeah, I think that's uh really really important. And and listen, for those of uh for for those of you in the community that are males, please share this episode with your female counterparts, your spouses, your significant others. You know, I'll add on to it by all accounts. Uh over the course of my career when I've taken these personality tests, um I'm 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 an introvert. And and for me and for most introverts, we do better in smaller groups than we do in larger groups. And so I would just add that to Shella's answer as well, that it's a way for introverts in particular to really feel comfortable in their space while building a tribe or a network uh, of people that you can continue to interact with 
whether that's on the golf course or off of it. So I, I do think that for women in particular, and that's what we're talking about right now, whether they're extroverts or introverts, um, Shelly gave a really good answer. And then I'll just add for, for those that are introvert, it, introverted, it's a great way to continue to build that, build that network. Shella, one of the things that I noticed, um, and again, there's a there's an inter- Instagram presence, and we'll talk about that uh, further on, is that you spent some time in D.C., and I think one of the posts was at the Live Golf event. Uh, talk to us about how Sister Golf and yourself is uh, maybe expanding beyond Birmingham, uh, but building that brand and, and and giving other people an opportunity to to connect with you and network because I think that's some of what we see on your your Instagram post. Sure. So one of the ways that we're expand, expanding just outside of the general Birmingham area is we're actually in the process of building an online course. So regardless mm. of where you are, you'll be able to access it and. And we're also hosting events in other um, areas, not just in Birmingham. I just, I'm in the process of scheduling something in Dothan, Alabama. I know there's a group in Huntsville that is looking for us to do something for them. So as we continue to grow and add people to the staff and grow the company, we absolutely will be looking at different areas. We want to do more things in the Atlanta area. So um, we're looking to do that from a live golf standpoint. I happen to be in D.C. and fortunate for me, the weekend that I was there, they happened to be having a tournament. So I wanted to see what all the hype was about, surrounding it. And I went and it was such a delightful surprise because I was looking at the differences between the live golf tournament and a traditional PGA tournament. And one of the things that stood out to me immediately was it was absolutely just a lot more relaxed, mm. much more casual, much more family friendly, mm. a lot more interactive. There are a lot of things that you can do there to immerse yourself in the sport. So you're not just a spectator, you actually get to participate. They had like tents where you actually can um, swing and hit golf balls. They're, they had a simulator where you can practice, you know, your golf swing or people were teaching. You, there was an area, I think, where you can do like putt-putt ball. So there are a lot more fun activities and things for you to do as a whole family. So there are okay. little kids there. And then the way they did the scoring and actually showed you the rankings of the players was interesting. So, you know, they would have a player up. They would tell you which hole he was on. They will tell you if he made greens and regulation. Um so it was just, it was a lot more detailed about where each player was right. and how they performed on that hole. As right. to when you go to a, a, a PGA tournament, you kind of just look at the leaderboard Correct. to understand. Correct. And so it made it a lot simpler and easier to follow. So the lay person who really doesn't know golf can get a, a good handle mm-hmm. on who was leading and, and how they were performing overall. So all that was new and exciting and something that I didn't expect. And, and the whole team aspect of the way they do the golf was different also from I'm the sure. So the whole experience was interesting and it was um, 
a welcome change for me. Yeah, and I know that they, at least at this point, they have intentions of being around in in 2024. So uh, assuming that that happens or if it doesn't and there's another opportunity for the community to get to a live golf event um, in the States, it sounds like it would be well worth the visit. Um, It's certainly more interactive than we know PGA Tour events to be. I think the other thing that we notice is this a little bit more energy um, mm-hmm. in and around is yes. a little bit more energy in and around the whole atmosphere of the tournament as well. So Agreed. just, uh, just another side note for side point for, uh, for the TD green golf community. So we know that we are in a period an active period of golf's evolution. Mm-hmm. It, however you want to tap into that, whatever corner you want to go into where the sport is evolving. Um, as we think about the evolution and more specifically the changing faces of golf, what does the future hold for Sister Golf? So I think that uh, Sister Golf should just continue promoting the sport is something that all of us need to be a part of. So just making it something that's a lot more inclusive and make it accessible mm. to everyone. Because for a long time, golf has had a history of being very exclusionary. Mm -hmm. And I know PGA has done a lot in the past few years to change that narrative. Um, A lot of it selfishly because they realize that um, the current, their former constituent of the sport wasn't enough to keep it going. So they had to open up. So from that standpoint, they did it selfishly. But at the same time, it did it is benefiting the greater good and the greater humanity that now there's a place for everyone in the sport. And from a sister golf standpoint, our mission is to make sure that we continue with that and, and remove the barriers to entry and make it easy for people to find, you know, their piece in it or their part in it. You don't have to do all of it. Right. You know, you don't have to decide, Oh, you know, golf is going to be my career or, you know, or this, but, However you want to engage with the sport or participate, then there's a place for you is what we promote and and, um, get out to the community. And I would also say to the community, you know, in the spirit of inclusion in golf, certainly the sport is more open than it ever has been uh, to people of color in its history. And, And I would wholeheartedly um, agree with Shella where she intends to take sister golf going forward. Shella, thank you for being with us today. You know, as we, as we close the episode out, one of the things that I always like to ask guests of the TD Green Golf Podcast is how can we, the TD Green Golf Podcast community, how can we support sister golf and tell us where we can stay connected to you. I know there's some social media outlets, but, but again, how can we, how can we um, support you? Sure. Just by getting the word out to um, local corporations and businesses that have women who could benefit from using or leveraging golf as a way to connect with potential clients or get visibility. So our mission is really to have more women be engaged in a way that they 
leverage the benefits that their male counterparts have been doing for so many years. So the more companies that know that we exist and that we can provide that service for them, the better. Because a lot of companies to stay specifically in this day and age have funds set aside for professional development for mm. um, women um, in general, not just women of color, for women mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for quality programs to help groom those women in so that they can move forward in their careers and just aren't aware of my company and companies like mine that are doing this work. So just by spreading the word will be how you can help. As far as where you can find me, the website is sistergolfonline.com. So easy, that's easy to find. And I'm on all the social media outlets, Instagram, um, Facebook, and LinkedIn um, at Sister Golf. Perfect. Hopefully everybody was able to capture that. Um, I know as the point that you're listening to this, you've got the opportunity to just pause it, play it back and capture all the sites. As I've said a number of times during this particular episode, um, this is a huge, huge and very, very important uh, episode for me. Uh, As you all know, Tita Green Golf Podcast was really born to uplift the voices of people of color who are playing, who are entrepreneurs, who are uh, maybe on the backside of of uplifting and evolving the golf game, and also making sure that I do that in balancing the the gender piece as well. And so this is a tremendously important episode. I ask you in that to make sure that as you listen to this, you either do it with your female counterpart and or you share that with um, females that you are aware of who are intrigued and interested in getting into the game. We have an entrepreneur whose story is everyone's story, male or female. We have someone who is building a business specifically to help women evolve. And, and what their life journey and what their life arc is. So let's be good stewards and supporters of the Tita Green Golf Podcast and make sure that we pass this episode in particular on. Um, Shella, thank you. We are truly grateful for, I am truly grateful for your time. Uh, I'm grateful for the relationships that you've helped me broker outside of this particular podcast. I know that there will be more time for us to be together and continue um, to continue the dialogue that is open. Um, We thank you for being with us this afternoon. And as we always say, hit it straight from T to green. Production support for the T to green golf podcast comes from Canon studios in Holly Springs, Georgia And also editing support comes from Dominic Fiore of the Digital Arts Recording Department at the University of St. Francis. Thank you, everyone. We are out.